Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid. So scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. That was Monica Richardson singing her song, Don't Be Afraid. Uh, Maybe I'll have it out next month or the month after that on iTunes. So anyway, I've never plugged my song before, I don't think, but uh, that is me singing. And I got a little caught up in making a film called The 13th Step, which I hope to finish this summer. I've been working on it for two and a half years and I'm really excited about the show that I have tonight. We have a guest in queue. First, I want to just do a little leap for two of my favorite books, the two new books that are out, The Freedom to Recover, You Are Not Powerless by Rolf Ankerman. We're going to have him on soon. And then we have Recover, Stop Thinking Like an Addict and Reclaim Your Life with the Perfect Program by Stanton Peel and Ilsa Thompson, who ran the famous Stinkin' Thinkin' blog with Mark for a number of years. It's still up. It's still a great resource. I want to do a plug for some literature that I have. Uh, if you want to get active in letting people know their rights, I have a really good pamphlet called Do You Have a DUI? Do You Know That You Cannot Be Forced to Attend AA Meetings? It's Against Your First Amendment Rights. It's a really, really nice pamphlet. It's a trifold, and then it's in the center, it has the um, seven free options that are available all of SMART and SOS in moderation and Women for Sobriety have been approved by the courts. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, they have been. And it's just a good pamphlet. And then there's another one. I have a postcard, and it says, are you our 12-step programs not working for you? Did you know there are other options out there? And you flip it over, and I've listed the uh, non-12-step free options, paid alternatives that I endorse, um, sites that you can educate yourself and my favorite books, and that'll probably change as I, you know, continue to work on this. And then, if you're still in AA and you want to have a safety workshop, I still have the fabulous and wonderful green pamphlet, Safety for All Members, and it's pretty awesome. You can find it on my Leaving AA site or my uh, Stop 13 Step site, which was the first site that I created. Now to introduce my guest here. Let me get his bio. So I have um, Matthew Lecter, Master's in Statistics from the University of Kentucky, currently pursuing a doctorate in epidemiology, (laughs) specializing in pharmacoepidemiology. Did I say it right? Currently working at IMS Health Consulting um, with on the release of a new hepatitis C cure. That's awesome. Founded the Goodman Approach in 2013 after the passing of Marion Goodman Lecter. Published statistician presenting published papers this year at both IPSOR and SUGAR conferences. And I do not know what all those things are, but we're going to find out 
right now as I bring on my guest, and I think this is Matthew. Hello, Matthew. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. I've been following you for some time, and, and it's a real honor to be on your show. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I, as we were talking just before, I can't believe how, how long ago was that uh, email or blog post about what was going on in Louisville. <laughs> yeah, the, the blog post I think we were discussing in Louisville was about a group called Sicker Than Most, which actually is a group that is solely dedicated to, um, uh, to uh, quote-unquote, vandalizing young vulnerable women that are actually in AA. And unfortunately, they're probably the largest group of men that uh, that visit the AA young people's meetings. So if you actually want to be a part of the socialization of that particular area, you basically have to put up with these men that try and tag women and pass them around as if it's their uh, sober gang. It's it's revolting. Wow. It's still going on today. Is this in, in Louisville, Kentucky? It is. It's in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, uh, you can. They have a secret group on Facebook, but uh, it is possible to actually get through to um, to, to finding these groups if you friend certain people that are on um, certain sites. They'll know about it. Mm, it used wow. to be closed, but it was so much controversy they had to turn into secret. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I remember you now. Well, I think we could maybe talk about it some more, um, maybe off the, when we're not on the show. Because anyway, that's so out there. I think I remember looking it up and going on there and seeing it was a closed group and decided I didn't want to join the sicker than most group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh my lord! So you must have spent some time there, living there. Uh, I did. Uh, I actually, uh, my my primary experience with AA is uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and Cincinnati. I've I've been in several different other states, and I've seen all different forms of AA. But uh, the main experience was there, and, and per capita, actually, AA is very saturated in that city. Uh, it, it, you know, it's a smaller city, but it has three rehabs, including a homeless shelter that. In order to be a part of that homeless shelter, you must do their AA doctrine. Where, where's this at? Again, this is in Louisville or in Cincinnati? This is in, this is in Louisville, and uh, the homeless shelter is called the Healing Place. And they actually have they have a healing place there, West Virginia and Richmond, and a few other places where they they require that in order to be to be living in, in the homeless shelter, you have to go through the twelve steps. Oh my God! Yep. Wow. Uh, it's getting fun. Wow. So you're well. Well, I I think that uh, we, we talk some more about this, but I'm taking notes. You can be sure I'm taking notes. So uh, sure. I asked you a question uh, earlier, and I'm going to just ask it again. But or maybe can you want to tell us a little bit about your background in AA? Yeah. So um, I started actually going to AA in uh, in the year 2000, and it was due to a um, uh, a nice little coke addiction that I had acquired. Um, unfortunately, uh, it didn't work. And I am one of those people that I walked into AA with a tremendous amount of vulnerability. Uh, I wanted AA to work. I wanted to trust people. I wanted to believe when these people sat in the rooms and were told me, you can trust us, your family, call us, we'll help you. Mm-hmm. I wanted to believe all that. And, you know, over time, as I started to uh, continue to relapse, working the program as hard as I could, I'm one of those people that in the middle, you know, of finishing the 12 steps, went out and got high again, um, you know, because, uh, because it was so ineffective. I'm one of those people that would call his sponsor and immediately after his sponsor talk to him, talk to somebody else, and then talk to somebody else, still had no tools to cope, and at 2 in the morning had to go out and get high again. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of the people that, that did utilize all of the tools to the best of my ability, and this thing miserably, miserably failed for me. And it failed for years and years and years, and there was no other alternative. Finally, around 2009, um, uh, I just got so angry that I felt, you know what, there's something wrong and it must not be me because I'm trying this thing as hard as I can 
and it's continually failing. Right. Uh, I'm not making any friends. I'm for some reason still being isolated in this in this arena. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I actually went completely right wing with it. I, I turned into a big book thumper. I started to open the book and I read the book. And I became more knowledgeable in the book than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that the message that was being conveyed in meetings had nothing to do with the instructions that were in the book. Later on, I realized that there really aren't anything at all. It's just completely Wild West, and there's no message, no real program. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in, during that phase, I was so pent up with rage over the fact that I, was, I had relapsed over and over and over again trying to get my life straight and trying to work this as hard as I could that I was going to do it exactly as the book said, and I was not going to listen to anybody. Well, right. that made a lot of enemies, you know. Wow. That made just as many enemies as it would be to be out here saying that AA is wrong because you're telling these people with their own literature that they're doing it wrong. Wow. And, um, so so at this, this is the part that I think is crazy, but I didn't know either until 2000 and uh, I think it was eight or nine that there was something else, 2009. So you two yeah. in, in Louisville where you were living – you, you, you had no idea there was smart recovery because there was, or SOS, or even rational recovery, or harm reduction, not in or nothing, right? Right, not in Louisville. It doesn't exist in Louisville. Yeah, but even on the Internet, yeah. the Internet existed. But maybe the Internet, at that point, we were like, you know, we had like dial-up, yeah. and things were slow, and the search well, engines you know, were go, different. Go. Right, and, and what do we do? We go out, we're seeking a, a lifestyle. We're trying to find people that are, are going to surround us with, you know, other people that are going to invite us to Denny's and invite us to the parties and, and everything like that. And, and, and you know, just you know, going online to a chat room can be very limiting in that, you know, in that effort. So even if you're endeavoring in that, it becomes really difficult to get sober that way if you're trying to, reach out to a sober community and, and simply because you want sober people to be around. Right. So what happens to you then? You're, you, you know everything in the book and you're spouting it. Were you able to stay abstinent or not? I was, and I was, <laughs> I, I, um, I, stayed, I stayed abstinent through absolute rage. I was just so angry <laughs> over the whole thing. I was angry at AA. I was angry at myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and I used the book as a weapon, and I would throw it at people and, and just say, no, this is wrong, and, that, and you don't know what you're talking about, and blah, blah, blah. And then three years into it, the smoke kind of cleared, and what I had just calmed down a little bit and looked at it and said, you know, I'm three years sober, and I really don't have any friends in AA. Mm. I don't have a sponsor. I don't, I've, I've been doing this on my own the entire time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I don't... I, I mean, it had nothing to do with AA. Right. I was just pent up. I was just not going to use anymore. That's what came it came down to. Right. And when I came, when I got honest with myself about that, I started to look at what really was it that got me sober. What should yeah. have gotten me sober the first time? What if they had led me in this direction versus that direction? Right. And. Um, and I can go back and 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 you know just think about that the amount of rejection that is in AA, the amount of, of false promises they give you, the amount of uh, um, uh, just illusions that they, and the, and the amount of, of self, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the amount of self-doubt that you're constantly barraged with yeah, uh, yeah. is just a killer. And, you know, it, nobody can survive like that. I've got a friend no. of mine from high school, you know, he was, he was in NA for five years. He just came out and said, I can't take this stuff anymore. Hmm. And it's just wonderful to see that he said, you know what, I, I don't need you. And wow. when I had gone through it, I had to look back at my entire experience and say, what I did wrong was trust AA. And what I did right was not trust AA. And when hmm. I finally started to use my own self and rely on my own self to get sober, that's when I found myself sober. How interesting. You know, I went through a, a similar thing right before it kind of came crashing down for me, which was in 2008 when I brought a family member to a meeting, a young person. And at the same time, a woman in the group had turned me on to quantum meditation. 
And so it's really TM, but they changed the name so that it could be taught in a non-religious way, right? So they could get into schools, and, and they had been doing studies in UCLA for years. And I d- I've done a couple of shows with George Quant, but he, you know, so I go to this woman's house, and she was in the pro, she was in AA, and this little group of us. And the first thing that George told us is that we were not broken, like no matter what, like absolutely, like the brain has no idea. The brain's not any, you know, if you're calling yourself an addict or an alcoholic. Uh, the brain is perfect. It's not. It's not altered. And regardless of this crazy shit we hear about, it's a brain disease. I mean, they're fucking. It's like, what research have you like? You know, we'll we'll talk about this. How they've. And I had a guy on last week who was talking about, you know, changing things and you know making. Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's just all a big. <laughs> I have so much in my head between the government, AA and the government, and AA in our medicine, and AA, there's no research. I mean, it's just crazy. So here I'm sitting in this house, and he's telling me that I'm perfect like I am. And for the first time, and I had 30-something years of absence at the time, and I had worked the perfect program, let me tell you, over and over. And I knew that AA, after a point, was like useless and that I needed real help, Right. So he tells me this, and this light just goes on in my head, and I'm not broken anymore. Like, I just got it. Like, it was like someone handed me a gift, and I fucking got it. And I went to a meeting the next week, and they were all, you know, people were sharing. I went to a women's group, and I looked around the room, and I said, you know, how many people have done a 12-step call here, like, in the last 15 fucking years? And when... Who's of really of service besides coming to this nice little meeting, right? And it dawned on me that so much of what was said that in the in chapter five and in in the opening preamble were like not true. I, and I even said it like in this really kind of program. Right. Yes. Right. Look at what they did to the men. They'll just shut right. down. You know. Right. Right. And I realized yeah. that some of these women who were coming who weren't getting it, and there were a couple at the time. There were some young people coming that didn't like the religious ad that worked. Whoa, you guys are going to say the Lord's Prayer and hold hands. I'm out of here. Very educated CPA came once, and she was like, um, will you be my sponsor? You're the only sane like, kind of voice here. Like, people seem really crazy. I was on my way. I didn't realize. Like, it was really soon that I would be you know, gone from there. But, wow. So I'm I'm with you. I, I saw that what was said that you know I stopped because I wanted to stop a long time ago. But I don't want to talk about me tonight. So uh, all right, you you go through this thing and you get it, and you're like three years. What happens next? Yeah. So so I had um, I had finally um, I had left. I had I had um, uh, tried and tried and and finally. Uh, after the big book something right wing way of doing it had not worked and I just kind of was living my life for a while without going to meetings and everything else, I realized that I was sober and I realized that I was sober and I was living successfully without the help of anybody. Mm-hmm. And then I took a pause, you know, and I said, I said, you know, I, I'm really angry about this. Mm-hmm. I am I am really angry about this because if I had been led to the beliefs that I hold today 10 years ago, I wouldn't have had to deal with this for 10 years. Wow. And, and it, it, and, and, um, you know, and I actually, I'm, I'm very close to my mother and I called my mom. I said, I said, mom, you know, I think that there, there's something I got to do about this because what we have here is a situation where there are a lot of people like me who are not just realizing that AA had stolen their lives, but are dying because of it. And if I don't do something, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to live with myself on this. Mm-hmm. And you know, she said, well, you know, you realize you're dealing with, a, a, you know, that's a big war that you're starting if you take them on. Right. And I said, I don't know if I, I don't think I would feel good about myself if I didn't. Um, I've been through so much, not, you know, just with the struggle on the streets and the struggle with the, in the rooms and, and, the, and the cult uh, type of, of uh, brainwashing and, and the, you know, and the inundation and the fear that they put in you. I remember I was cornered by 30 people in a freaking in, in, a, in a, a Starbucks, and they were all telling me, you either do it our way or go get drunk and die. Oh, my God. These are the God. type of people we're dealing with. Yes. Yeah, they really become very, very, 
abusive, the stories that I'll be free, who you've obviously, you know, friended and talking with her, um, is, is, you know, her story is just was outrageous when she told me went on with her sponsor and grand sponsor and lucky she got out in, you know, just a few, a few short years. But, I mean, that these kind of abusive, I mean, they tried to throw me out of a meeting, like grab my arm and throw me out because I had pamphlets <laughs> that we created about safety. Like, why would That's you want right. to throw me, you know what I mean? I mean, they're crazy. They're fucking crazy. Wow. I have online a talk that I'm giving, and eight minutes into the talk, they throw me out. And it's online. Really? You can just sit there and listen to it. It is hysterical because I was recording it actually for Chris Raymer, who had asked me to record it at the time. And, and um, it turned out to be that I was talking about the big book and what is not correct about how people are doing things today. And they said, that's up. That's it. Just get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Uh, so, well, you'll show I'll me sure the link. To that link. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you a link. All you have to do is Google. If you Google um, Matthew L. Pigeon Roost, and okay. you'll see the link there. And uh, uh, it's um, it, it's great. It's absolutely fantastic because I couldn't believe I actually got on tape somebody being thrown out of an AA meeting. Because as you know, they're all open-minded. Oh yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, they're real open-minded. <laughs> yeah, it's our way or the highway, you know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah. do you, so this, uh, I, I'm so curious. Uh, it sounds like things were very, very bad in Louisville. Are are you yeah. are you positive that the meetings are still big and it's still going on as badly there? Yes. Yeah, I, I visit Louisville actually regularly, and um, uh, I was there, I was there last year, in fact, and, and nothing has changed. Mm. Absolutely nothing has changed. Mm, okay, so, will you give me the names of the places? I mean, maybe it's a city. I mean, uh, I didn't plan on going to any more cities, but it sounds like some that maybe uh, somebody needs to visit and, and see what's going yeah. on there. Yeah, there's um, uh, definitely the, the sicker than most group uh, uh, hangs out primarily at No Name, and, of course, the Young People's Meeting, which is the actually the Young Predators Meeting uh, <laughs> on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. Uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and if you want to go there, you can check check those out. Wow! But wow! Too, uh, I yeah. want to talk about. So your freedom is they threw you out, and that was it. You were done. Is that what happened? I, I was, and, and I had just um, uh, I, I had just realized that I had gone for a certain amount of time without any of it, and um, um, you know the need to fight with these people about how they were incorrect about their own program had left. The need to try and follow their program had left. And after a certain amount of time, there just was no desire to use anymore because what had actually happened was that I created a life for myself that I actually liked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, funny thing about that, you really don't want to go and, and – and, you know, do coke and, and throw everything out the window when you actually like a job that you have to get up in the morning and when you enjoy actually going to work and, and uh, waking up and seeing your beautiful wife and, and um, you know, and you enjoy everything that's going on around you. And so, right, so, right. Um, so tell me know, about it, your – yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, but, but the, the one piece that was still out there was the fact that I had all this knowledge and I was still acquiring knowledge about Alcoholics Anonymous, about the recovery industry. I was getting a Ph.D. in epidemiology, which is the study of diseases in groups oh. and how to create programs uh, for uh, large populations. Mm-hmm. And so I started to put all this together and I said, you know, if I, I've read all the criticism, and they're right, and they're great. Uh, you know, Stanton Peel and the Orange Papers, and, and, um, and of course, your criticism about uh, the sexual predators, and, uh, you know, the list just goes on and on about these people. Uh, Steve Slate, I love him. Um, yeah. These people who yeah. are very, very scientific, and they're uh, very factual about their approach 
to what's going on, but I really felt that there was a lack of solution, that we had uh, an immense amount of criticism, that's all correct, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. What do we actually do about it? And um, the closest thing that I found in terms of what I like as a solution was um, Claudia Christensen and her C3 Foundation, who is setting up the, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Sinclair Method clinics all over the country. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to be a major force in changing the industry, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm supportive of her 100% on that. But there was yes. a certain element to this that struck me, and, and the reason why I, and I'll just be blunt about it, the reason why I think that, uh, that smart recovery does not do well uh, and that is that they fail to recognize the social component, the social network component that AA actually does do very well. And regardless if anything else that AA does is wrong, their social network is the most powerful thing that they've got going for them. How you can go into any city, anywhere, and talk to somebody, and they will speak the same language, and they will give you information that will feel like home and feel familiar to you, that you feel like you have a vast array of friends that you will be able to call on at any time, I think this is an absolutely important piece of the puzzle that just one-on-one therapy misses. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is that it's inundated with this ridiculous religious theology that doesn't work whatsoever, and they conflict each other and, and ends up canceling each other out. But if you can just get that part out of the way and say, maybe, just maybe, if we could create a social network of people that were interested in doing things that really worked, medically worked, and created these centers around the country where somebody could walk in the door, they get professionally guided therapy in a group discussion, And not just about AA or not just about drug addiction, but let's talk about abuse. Let's talk about relationships. You know, let's talk about vocational rehab. Uh, Let's talk about, um, um, you know, uh, anorexia and bulimia, uh, women's problems, young people's problems. And when I'm talking about young people meetings, I mean young people only, that you should not be in here if you're older than 25. Right, Uh, right. And, you know, so... Let's, and, and so if we're going to have these types of centers, this is really how I felt that AA has thrived is in two ways, three ways. Uh, they have the courts that have been backing them and are flooding the system. Mm-hmm. You have a $300 billion drug rehab industry that is flooding the system. Mm-hmm. And then you have these clubhouses, which are, which are, are basically the maintenance part of AA, where when you're done with the courts and you're done with the, uh, the rehab, where do you actually go to hang out? And, you know, other than the church basements where they just had these meetings, the majority of the socialization exists in these clubhouses. And so me and uh, Dr. Nimbus Cousin and Dr. Carl Lopez and, and a few others um, sat around and, and said, these are, uh, Nimbus is, is um, uh, also comes from uh, the Louisville area. Um, uh, we, we, we sat around and we, we said, what really would work um, if we were to take all the good parts and then take these parts from science that we know are proven to work and we put it together in a community-type setting where we're going to have a clubhouse here and there and there and there, <clears throat> And um, what, how would we actually conduct and create this clubhouse? And um, uh, we, we came up with a Goodman approach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, and, I want to say, I want to say this, that I think that AA was bad, you know, a long time ago that this stuff was going on that I didn't know about. It went on in 1975 that the clubhouses were either, there was only two in Hawaii. One was hardcore and it depressed me it was full of you know really like homeless and really nasty kind of type of men even in the 70s they created a nicer one where it was nicer um but the clubhouses that i hear stories about are all really bad it, you know they that's yeah. where a lot of bad things happen and they're covered up there now i did visit one in ohio recently where it didn't look bad 
Um, you know what I mean? It wasn't like this down and dirty one like there was in Honolulu, but um, that there is so much predatory behavior that goes and gets covered up. I mean, I do agree with the socialization. Yeah. Okay, here's here's the thing that did come to my head when you were talking about it. That over the years, though, the fellowship has deteriorated, and so there isn't one any like there is no fellowshipping. Like even in Honolulu, I went back and they said, "Oh no, no, the AA that you know you we used to know doesn't exist anymore." Monica, this is when I was still really into it and trying to catch. Oh yeah, those great years we all had together back in the seventies when we were you know I was eighteen when I first went to my first meeting. Uh, we had picnics, we impromptu, you know, young people's parties where there was only 15 people. We had a blast. We had uh, went to the beach together. We played basketball together. So we went discotheking together. Uh, and so there was this fellowshipping, but it doesn't yes. exist anymore, even there. So I went back there the year that you sort of came around um, that this would be my only thing back to you to say is that uh, I don't know whether it was the drug courts uh, sending people that didn't want to be there. Yes, that began to uh, encroach on uh, the feeling that we were all here because we actually wanted to be here, despite that I think it's all nonsense and I think the big book is like bullshit. I think the program is all bullshit now. But even if we separate that, um, that the thing that was existed for at least me for a certain number of years there in Hawaii that didn't even exist when I went back in 99. I was like, well, wait, let's go to the meetings. And they're like, oh, nobody does that anymore. Like, nobody goes to coffee after. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, really. And then when I went to meetings here um, in the 80s, uh, we did it. Like, we, you know, we still did it. We went out to coffee and aid, and there were some really nice people I met. And then we – but when I went back uh, in, like, the 2000s to this women's meeting, nobody – Nobody fellowship, so to speak, afterwards. Um, they did other things together, and they were supportive. If, if somebody was getting sick or somebody uh, got, died or if somebody's parents died. But um, the, I, I understand where you're coming from, though. And so I, I just wanted to say that, though, that I, I've seen a huge decline in a real, a, a real fellowship and also because of the influx of real criminals being actually sentenced, plea bargained, into AA, you have the mixing of a rapist who's now infiltrated a normal, so-called normal AA community in a suburb of wherever. I know, I know personal you know, stories have been, you know, things have happened to women that have told me who were raped by this type of person who has, you know, he's got this background, but he kind of looks like normal Joe, but he's really not a normal Joe, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and they refuse to make any kind of safety. The AA knows it. They're going to get their asses sued, and things are, they're going to be forced to change. But now I want to, you know, I, I just wanted to just say my little piece, but in defense of what I really see happening with that fellowship and how it deteriorated. But I want you to be able to well, talk about you have created something else, and it's called the Goodman uh, Program. The Goodman Approach. The Goodman Approach. The Goodman. So tell me about... Yes. What this is. So, uh, and, and I'm glad that you brought that up because we also recognize that these are problems and there are certain fail-safes that we are putting in place to make, to avoid uh, as best we can these things from happening. Um, the Goodman approach is, uh, in terms of the program itself, in terms of the program itself, right. is, uh, is it's clubhouse-based, it's centered-based. So that you get you you get all of your information from a specific geographic location, and that location is paid through membership and donations. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the membership would uh, be subsidized, but the, here's the key. Here's one of the kickers: is that in these clubhouses, there would not be anyone permitted to join that has either a violent or sexual predatory background. So we're at least starting to eliminate just at the front door to saying we're doing a background check on everybody that comes in here, and you are not allowed in if you have that kind of problem. Oh, that's good. Uh, we just don't feel – yeah, and, and, you know, it's just it, – there's just too much of a risk. And unfortunately, yeah. mm-hmm. there is a line that you have to draw in order to protect your members, and that's where we feel that it's been drawn. 
Yeah, let all the other guys go to AA. They can just all take over AA and they can stay out of your purse. That's exactly right. You know, I mean, maybe down the line we can talk about having uh, other centers that are specifically for these types of people. Um, But uh, first and foremost, we've got to deal with these people who are looking to escape from that kind of crowd and not just throwing them to the wolves, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, that's, and I said before, is that um, we want to be able to segregate for certain groups, young people only, no older than 25. We're not using young people as a predatory uh, meeting where old people can come in and look great and then hit on some 18-year-old girl. If you're older than 25, you're not allowed in there. Right, um, right. And meetings are the same way. You're not allowed in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, what. Yes, Mark created a young person's program, and it may, really makes sense to me. If you go to young people's um, these big conferences, it's a joke. Like, yes. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. All right, so you, you're going to do that. I thought this is good too. Okay, and uh, what else are you going to do? The other thing that we're going to do um, is that, and as you were talking about, is that how things had degraded over time. Um, that really is because A has a lack of leadership from the top. Um, Smart Recovery is very good at enforcing its rules from the top down rather than having kind of a top-up type of program. And right. I think that they've been very successful, at least in, in that endeavor. I have some criticism of their lack of recognition for the social aspect. Uh, but their program itself is, is a little too complicated without a center um, and it's very difficult to start on its own. And so we're trying to learn from the mistakes of, of, of what they have done and, and said, you know what, if we actually had a, a, a place where all of this could occur and we had a, a staff that would ensure that, that, that you know, uh, professionals were volunteering to lead these groups, um, then it would probably be much easier to facilitate and to maintain uh, this type of atmosphere. And in addition to that, also we want to encourage that on a constant basis. There's things like open mic nights, there's dances, there's movies, you know, and this is based on the responsibility of the director of the center to ensure that there is constant social activity so it doesn't degrade in the way that you were talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, some of the young people that have talked to me, I have sons that are 23 and 19, um, what, are that there's people that want to moderate. There's people who don't want to be abstinent. There's actually a huge group of people that want to, you know, they want to just learn skills. And I think that yes. the conversation of total abstinence is nuts and it creates binge drinking, and it creates a lot of problems yeah. in our DUI and in our judicial system, and we could really just, you know, we could help a lot of things by just teaching people moderation and, this, and give people Donna Cornett's book on, you know, drink link moderation. She's got three or four really good books. And uh, so, you know, yes. how are you addressing? Can you, can you talk about that, what sure. I just brought up? Yeah, um, well, let me, let me start on a, a more general note, which is the program itself. And the program okay. itself uh, is uh, the Goodman Approach. Um, and the Goodman Approach, uh, basically, I'll just uh, read from the, the description that I have. Uh, attacks addiction, habitual uh, disorders, obesity, eating disorders, chronic disease, mental health, physical and sexual abuse, domestic violence, recovery from occultism. And what we do is we have five recommendations. And in order to maximize your chances of recovery, these are the five things that we recommend. One, having access to therapy for habitual behaviors, mental illness and abuse, and family issues. Mm-hmm. Two, having access to a safe and reliable network of friends who protect and discourage you from violent and abusive relationships as well as encourage self-improvement. Three, having access to vocational rehabilitation, mm-hmm. four, having access to psychiatric medication, mm-hmm. and five, having access to general medication and general treatment. Wow, that sounds so pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we found that if you, if you give all of this available, or at least you, you teach them how to, you know, in terms of outreach programs and, and, and vocational rehab, you maximize the chances of success because they no longer feel like they're trapped in the situation they're in. And now I'm going to go back to the alcohol question, okay? 
But I think you answered. Uh, kind of felt, I felt answered by what you said. But go ahead if you have. Yeah, elaborate if you. Yeah, um, we're going to split it in two different directions. Uh, the there are people who simply say, "Look, I am not interested in, in being absent. I just want to get my life back." Great. You know, uh, get here's some here's a here's a, here's a, a meeting. Go to this meeting and learn how to cope with it. Take some tools. You know, read this book that has been very effective for people who want to moderate and try naltrexone. The, naltre- the Sinclair method is highly effective. Fifty percent of people who take naltrexone successfully no longer binge drink. And I just can't. I am just so impressed with uh, the, nalt- the the Sinclair method. Uh, you know, and and the pharmacological results that it has been produced by study after study after study over the past 20 years. I just have to side with Claudia Christensen on this. If we're going to go into entertaining the idea that an alcoholic has a problem with drinking, and let's just give them a pill, give them some therapy and some emotional support, and see how that works before we say, no, you really need abstinence. Well, I totally realize that I, you know, how silly my question is now that when, we, when you were talking about the naltrexone, that I realized the naltrexone you take when you drink. So, you know, I mean, I was like, oh, he died. Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> anyway, that yeah. definitely people are people who want to moderate. And the, the and I just came from the alternatives clinic in uh, Los Angeles. It's just east of Beverly Hills, or I don't know if it's considered Beverly Hills, but it's a beautiful clinic run by Mark Kern and Dr. Jaffe, and uh, two other doctors. One teaches meditation, mindfulness, and they do um, neurobiofeedback. And I just sat and looked at two different brain scans. And I think that this also, along with people you know, who want to use naltrexone, is cutting edge of watching the change of a brain over a two-and-a-half-month period um, from before and after with not complete absence either, but almost, you know what I mean, where somebody yes. is like, and amazing of that the brain will stay this way. It will not go back to the other way unless you start to overuse, you know, alcohol um, or too much, you know, drugs, uh, then your brain will start to have the issues that it had before. But the brain heals. I mean, so I heard one, you know, woman on, I was watching a scientist on YouTube saying that it heals itself. But if people have other, like, anxiety issues, like, there were really, like, a, yeah. like a compulsive compulsivity and, um, uh, like, obsessive thinking, and that's mm-hmm. in the brain. And you can, you can freaking heal that with this neurobiofeedback. I mean, it's like I've yeah. seen it, like, firsthand, mm-hmm. not with myself, but somebody really close to me. This is the kind of stuff that people need to be offered, not, you know, going sitting yes. in three meetings a day, studying a big book in a 12 and 12, and then shipping them off to a meeting. I, I, told, I agree 100%, and, and that's one of the things that we're, we're looking into is not just cognitive behavioral therapy and motivational therapy for, um, uh, you know, for obviously those are some of the things that we would offer in terms of the classes for um, helping with emotional disorders. But uh, talking, in talking with Stanton Peel, uh, he had actually was the one who brought up the idea that you know you really should have some meditation classes. And there are some guided meditations that are mm-hmm. clinically proven to work with alcoholics. Right. And, um, you know, we, again, we are a scientifically evidence-based clubhouse. And if that is what science says works, we want to use it. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, yeah, I could put you in contact with him. I'm going to actually have him on. I'm going to have Dr. Jaffe on soon, and he is a um, addiction therapist there. And then I'm going to have, like, I don't forget um, his last name, his, but he's the guy who does the um, neurobiofeedback. He's going to be on my show too, and he's going to be in my film. But I think that a uh, very, very interesting idea. So, you know, one of the things I saw in... Um, in your bio is about it's dedicated to somebody that has your last name. Um, yes. Is it Marianne? Is that your mom? Uh, that's my grandmother, Marianne Goodman Leichter, who um, uh, raised me during a very difficult time of my life um, prior to my drug addiction and, and um, had been there for me all through my drug addiction and was, I've had, 
just felt so good that when she passed away, she had finally seen that I had built a life out of myself. And I am eternally grateful for her. And she was the one person, if there ever was one, that was there for me. And the, only, the best thing I can do is try and pay her back this way. Mm, we are talking to Matthew Lecter, and uh, we're talking about a new uh, pr- program, but you're not calling it a program, sorry. It's called the Goodman Approach. Approach. Goodman, good man approach. I like that. There's like a double meaning here. Goodman and yes. good man approach. Um, other ways to heal from alcohol and drug overuse. Uh, I don't really like to use the word um, alcoholism anymore. To me, it's a word hijacked by Alcoholics Anonymous. And I think that if we're going to change, uh, I'd like to know how you feel about it yourself. But I did notice that part of my deprogramming, I uh, decided that my words had a lot of, well, I've always, I've known that for a long time words have a lot of power and how I use my words, but uh, that it was really important to not use any of their language. And the more that I don't use it and other people don't use it, we are beginning a new chapter in our culture and in our, you could say, mental health. Like it is in med- For some people, it's a mental health issue. For some people, it's a behavioral problem. And well, I, people... I think, yeah, I, I, so, so as you know, um, Alcoholics Anonymous creates a, a psychological state known as learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the reason why the Goodman approach does not endorse AA is first and foremost because it is not medical treatment. There is nothing about it that helps you to curb cravings. Nothing about it that allows you to deal with emotions, emotional trauma, sexual abuse. Oh, my God, it's, it's like it's totally antithetical to sexual abuse. If, you're, if you are sexually abused, you have to admit your own part. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the worst program in terms of somebody who is experiencing learned helplessness. And to be able to escape that, AA offers nothing of the tools that, needs, that somebody needs in order to do that. And, of course, we have the Cochrane study. Uh, we have the University of New Mexico that shows that after two years, AA does not reduce anger. Uh, study after study after study, we find uh, there's just a study um, by uh, Tim Boo in, in 2006 that came out and said uh, that showed that people who did 12-step uh, uh, spiritual therapy actually did worse in terms of anxiety and depression and people who just had secular therapy by themselves. So we know this stuff doesn't work. We know, we know that it's not medicine. And to actually even recommend it as a medical professional, to stand there as a doctor and say, you have depression, I'm going to give you a pill. You have uh, OCD, I'm going to give you a pill. I want you to go see a therapist. You know, I want you to try and... and um, and, and take some classes for relaxation. But here, this is a prescription that I'm writing for you for this. But if you have alcoholism, I want you to pray about it and, and, and talk about your sins in this nutbag cult. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. No, it, right? you know, it doesn't. And you want to know something else that you know we just found out, like I only found out last week, uh, is that the WhiteHouse.gov is endorsing AA on its website. And I'm like yep. really pissed off, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get that shit taken down. And somebody sent me also a link to the 2011 tax return for AA, and they're calling themselves an alcohol drug program, I mean a substance abuse program. I'm like, get the fuck yeah. out of here. They were never <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm they're, still they're with you. Everything you just said, I'm like, ditto, ditto. I could give you a big hug across the waves here that I'm so, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, I think there's good news on that. Uh, there, there is good news on that front, despite it seems sometimes overwhelming. The first is that if you've noticed, just in the past month, uh, especially with the death of Philip Seymour Hoffman, there have been a slew of articles that are now coming out in the media saying, maybe we need to talk about this Alcoholics Anonymous thing. Maybe it's not working. Um, there have been in the past 10 years an immense amount of scientific studies that are now starting to say AA is not therapy. It's not medical treatment, and we shouldn't be doing it. And um, finally, and this is the most important point, this may be the key, the linchpin to the whole thing, is that the, uh, 
uh, ACA, you know, Obamacare, has now forced insurance companies to fully pay for full-time 30-day rehabs again. Oh, my God. So they, don't have to, they no longer have to just pay for the detox, and that's why the rehabs were suffering in the 90s, because they said, A, it didn't work. We're going to go back to the, uh, the, just to detox and then get them out, because we're not paying for the rest of this stuff unless you claim that they're bipolar or depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ACA has changed all that. So now what the insurance companies are doing is they are now acquiring all of this scientific literature, and they are going to start going to war against AA because mm-hmm. they don't want to pay $45,000 a pop for a treatment that is only 10% effective. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, um, I was really upset when I saw that, that he's, Obamacare yeah. was going to make the I mean, – they're all, they're all singing like happy days are here again at Promises and Betty they, Ford and all these they, they, treatment they centers. Are, they, they, are, they are, but unfortunately, unfortunately, what is now happening is that the insurance companies are now gearing up for a fight. And I know this because I know people in insurance. Uh, I was an actuary for several years. And uh, these guys are getting ready to talk to, uh, to start having a conversation with the medical industry to say, what is medicine? Are we really paying for medicine here? Because if we're not, guess what we're not doing? And they now have committees. Um, I, you know, I know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois is in Texas and Ohio and and uh, Montana, uh, they're all looking into this. Um, they, wow, and so this obviously, is so good. Oh, my God. Let me jump in here. This yeah. is one of the things in my film that I did is I called Anthem Blue Cross, which I have through SAG and AFTRA. It's really great insurance. And I want to follow the money. I want to see if I call. It took me an hour and a half. Nobody would answer my questions. And we filmed me calling, like me trying to get a simple fucking answer. Like, if yeah. I had a problem with alcohol and I, I was drinking too much, I wanted help, where would you send me where you're going to pay the whole fucking nut, okay? And so I yeah. finally have to talk to some guy in Virginia who is like the head of PR. Like, and I, he was like, why? You know, and I said, I'm here because nobody will answer my very simple question. And I'm doing research for a documentary, and I want to know because I want to find that where you're going to send me is a total stepper shithole of a rehab where they do nothing but send you to meetings and AA meetings and, and you have counselors in California where they haven't even done a background check and you could be a sex offender and you could have 15 years in NA and look down your nose and you could, you know, at whoever, some guy who's like educated who's here just trying to get off whatever drug, right? And But you have Mr. Yep. Stepper who knows everything. And so I'm calling and I'm like, I'm getting ready to call him and I say, look, I know rehabs in California where women have gone and they meet a, a killer and he kills them. We are going to come after you. So I'm telling you now, this is like what my idea of what I want to do, that you need to go down every one of these rehabs and investigate that there's real science going on, that there's real healing, there's real medicine, because my insurance company cannot pay for a religious cult. Yes. Yes. Right? And, uh, and I'm, I'm really realize, glad that, yes, that you, me, you're you know, the, They're just not aware of it. And as they become aware of it and they're starting to talk about it now because they're forced to, mm. the last thing insurance companies want to do is pay money. And if they can find a reason to not pay money, that's where they're going. And it's okay. going to I'm be glad to know. just Yeah. Wow. It just you know it's it's happening. It is they're they're starting to gather their troops and and um I think about seventy eight percent of all rehabs are pure twelve step rehabs and then mm. the rest of them are twelve step uh up to ninety eight point six percent are twelve step in some kind of combination. The, the combination guys may get away with it, but at least those 78% that are just nothing but 12-step, they're, they're going to be gone. Oh, because, wow. you know, um, insurance companies have now hired hospitalists to start investigating whether or not these actually are medical treatment, and they oh are starting God, to question kidding. the efficacy of AA. Yeah. Oh, my this, God. It, it may turn hope. Hope. Oh, God, you're giving me hope because it's so weird that – you know, you've, you've been tr- actually following me and trying to reach out, and you did, you know, on the blog, but that it's just taken till finally now that we're finally really talking like this because it was 
last week, you know, it was last week or the week, actually not last week, the week before where I was sitting with somebody on my, you know, helping me make my film where I said, we are going to call and I were going to call and film me until we get an answer. And we had to stop yep. filming and I had to come back the next day and still try to get at it because they wouldn't answer my question. And then they sent me to wow. the portal where there were 22 pages and on that first page was one of these rehabs that I want investigated. And there's many of them where, you know, it's just abs- – I mean, I've heard stories of insiders that my husband worked with somebody who works at one of the major studios and his brother had a problem. And he wound up, you know, high, this high-end insurance he has, you know, which is SAG-AFTRA, yeah. Anthem Blue Cross. And he's at a place where there's criminals. So they're shipping yes. one hand they're going to take from the nice sweet pie of the people working at the film, and then they're going to have, you know, criminals who've opted out or plea dealed that, you know, well, you know, just like Eric Allen Earl, who killed Carla Brada, allegedly, to say, well, what do you want to do, Eric? Would you like to go to AA yeah. for another year? Would you like to go to jail? And he did that for fucking 22 years, 55 times sentenced to Alcoholics Anonymous. I've seen the papers. I have, I, yeah, these guys are nuts. I mean, they really are. I have in my hand right now, uh, from the, I don't know if you're aware of the Kelly Foundation. The Kelly Foundation was founded by Joe McHugh of Joe and Charlie Big Book Study. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard and, him. I had his tapes. <laughs> right, yeah. So he found, he created a foundation which was, uh, which created these 12-step rehabs all over the country. The Healing Place in Louisville is one of them. And they have these books called Recovery Dynamics. Well, unless you're a counselor, you can't get a hold of these books. They are very hush-hush, and they read like an indoctrination literature from an extreme Mormon group. I mean, it is really, really scary. Mm. It is really scary having things talk about. Um, but can you get those uh, to the Anthem Blue Cross, say. though? Like, I mean, the Anthem Blue Cross, is, you know, sees those, and uh, yeah, they're not going to. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. That, well, you got to understand that they're, they're, they're going to be attacking it from a different point of view, but, but I think that they'll. Um, I think that uh, uh, there, there's going to be some major changes, and I think it is going to come from insurance, uh, and it's going to basically force uh, insurance to at least put therapy and psychiatry first, and then if you want some AA meetings in the background, you can do that. But I think that's kind of the model that they're going to be pushing. Wow. The amazing well, thing I- Oh, wait, yeah, well, I just wanted to warn us both that we have, yeah. was it three minutes left? I want to just, uh, we're talking to Matthew um, Lecter, and he is the creator of the Goodman Approach, and you are located in Chicago, Illinois, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's, uh, wow, this is really interesting, really, really interesting. Okay, so we got, we have two minutes left. <laughs> so... I, you know, yeah, I mean, we could just go on forever and ever. There was something interesting about in the, in, the, um, in the book, the Kelly Foundation book, Recovery Dynamics, and there's this one specific line in there that just stuck out to me. It said, self-reliance is the key to all problems. Oh, my God. And that's what they teach. They have this as a wow. counselor's instruction to wow. teach to their patients self-reliance is the key to all problems. Oh, my God. That's how messed up these rehabs are. Oh. So It's really sick. I mean, i got to tell you, I think it's really harmful to men. You know, it's really harmful, I see, to men. I think women go through another thing in AA, but I think that uh, really – takes a man's ego down. I, I actually went to a meeting sort of undercover, not undercover, but I just went with my assistant to show her and to check out this supposedly young person's meeting that's dwindled down from 120 to 25 people. And this really strong, big, sort of athletic guy, anyway, I, I have hardly any time to finish, but I waited to talk to him and I said, you, you know, you are fine with who you are. You know, listen, your instincts yeah. are right. AA will tear your ego and keep a man fucking so small. But I want to finish, wrap up the, the show because it was a really great show. I want to talk to you, you know, besides on the show, Matthew, I'm so glad that you sure. 
just kept dogging me and that we had this talk and we'll talk some more. We were talking with Matthew, Matthew Lecter. I'm Monica Richardson for Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. You can find us free on iTunes. Download us, share us everywhere, and know that empowerment and freedom from AA and create a new program, create sober support groups, whatever you need to do. But um, we will be back next week uh, with another show or the week after. I want to thank you again, Matthew, for being on the show. Uh, we'll have you. you back. How about that? Yeah, that sounds great. Please. And, and please uh, join the, uh, the Goodman Approach group on Facebook. Okay, so join the Goodman Group and go to the C3 Foundation for Claudia Christian. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Matthew. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.